The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. And the key phrase today is right time experiences. What does that mean? Well, it means huge business potential for your company. But it means mobile, and we know that mobile solutions require business insight, technical chops, and strong design to get it right. And you want to get it right, right out of the box. Does your company have what it takes? Our experts weigh in. Brad, I can hear you in the background there. Here are my experts today. Mike Brinker from Deloitte says we are leaving the PC era and entering the mobile era of computing where smartphones, tablets, and other untethered devices will rule. Yes, I am hearing you, Brad. Maribel Lopez-Lopez Consulting says the future of mobile is right time experiences. That's our topic today. And Maribel says these enhanced business processes by injecting context, don't forget that word, context, to provide employees and customers the right information at the point of need. Benjamin Robbins from Palador is joining us today, and he says, why wouldn't you want to work from your mobile device? That's a huge question. I think it's rhetorical. We'll be hearing from Benjamin in a moment. And Vishy Gopalakrishnan from SAP says, I have a long quote from Vishy, leveraging context. I told you it was a keyword. Location, presence, preferences, buying and browsing history has been around, but the immediacy of consumption that mobile provides, combined with tools to drive real-time, deep, relevant insights, makes the creation and delivery of right-time experiences possible today. And his side note is, with apologies to Dr. John, this is the right place and the right time for right-time experience. So join us for Right Time Experiences, what I call the now factor of mobile. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We are live. It's Wednesday, September 5th, 2012, just a couple days after Labor Day. We're back in the trenches here bringing you some thought leaders with great information. And I want to introduce them so you hear their voices. And then we're going to get started with their quotes. Mike Brinker, National Service Line Leader for Deloitte Digital and a member of Deloitte Consulting Technology Leadership Team, responsible for leading the mobile, web, e-commerce, social, creative content, and digital ERP services within Deloitte. Mike, your business card must be huge. Welcome to SCP Radio. <laughs> Thanks, Bonnie. Okay, Appreciate we'll be hearing the, uh, oh. the introduction there. Glad to have you on board. And Maribel Lopez, no stranger to SAP Radio, founder, of course, of Lopez Research. Maribel offers deep industry knowledge and expertise to provide research, analysis, and strategic insight to the communications industry, and that's why you're here. Welcome back, Maribel. Thanks for having me, Bonnie. My pleasure. And Benjamin Robbins is a newcomer to the radio show. He's a founding partner of Palador, a consultancy that provides strategic guidance and execution to enterprises in the areas of mobility, apps, and data. Welcome, Benjamin Robbins. How are you today? Great. Thanks a lot. 
Thank you for joining us. And Vishy, Vishy and I knew each other a long time ago in a previous life at Nokia, and I'm happy to have him back here. Meet him again at SAP. Vishy Gopalakrishnan is Vice President, Global Center of Excellence Mobile Solutions at SAP, and he's the co-author of Work Goes Mobile. It's six years old already. How's the book doing, Vishy? The book's doing fine. Thank you, Bonnie. Nice to talk to you again. Thank you very much for joining us. Okay, let's dive back into what we talked about in the beginning, your quotes. Mike Brinker, Deloitte, tell me. You say, we're leaving the PC era and entering the mobile era of computing where smartphones, tablets, and other untethered devices will rule. When are we leaving it now? Are we still walking out that door, Mike, or has it been going on for a while? Uh, well, I, I think we are uh, well on our way out that door. Um, I think uh, we've been on our way out that door the last couple of years. If you you know rewind the clock, um, let's go back you know, 30 years ago into the the mainframe era of the 70s and 80s. Um, a lot of us witnessed the the transformation that happened at the beginning of the PC era as PCs, email, network computing, and client server took over in the 90s. Um, once we we kind of got a firm footing in that in that PC client server server era, it, we were rocked in the late 90s by the transformation, the paradigm shift into web and dot com, which which turned the world upside down, drove millions, billions, trillions of dollars of investment, um, and resulted in lots of replatforming. And now here we are once again, 2000, yeah. in the 2010s, uh, in what we're calling the mobile era, the mobile revolution. Yeah where PCs uh, are quickly falling out of favor, where smartphones, tablets, and other type of mobile computing devices are becoming the preference. And uh, as we see that with consumers in in the beginning, we'll rapidly, like we saw with web, see it in the enterprise uh, coming j- just as soon after. So very, very exciting time to be here, uh, very exciting time in the industry uh, to be at the forefront of this. Certainly is. Forefront is the answer I was looking for. Okay, let's talk to Maribel Lopez. You said the future of mobile is right-time experiences, which enhance business processes by injecting context. Talk to me about context, Maribel. What's, what's the importance of that in this discussion? One of the great things about mobile and social actually coming into space is we now have the ability to tap into things like location, presence, uh, what applications you're using, what you're doing at that time. You can add in social to figure out uh, people's social graph, what's nearby, uh, who they're talking to, what kind of influence they have. If you take these new types of contacts and tap into them as a business, you can start to create more meaningful and relevant experiences for both employees and your customers while they're on the go. Okay. And you say it's providing employees and customers right information at the point of need. What is our point of need today, Maribel? We talk about we talk about social, we talk about cloud, we talk about we want that information. We used to say real time, yeah. now we say right time. Is this are we in a an era where we demand information that's really important or do we just like to have information coming in because we can, Maribel? I think right time, while it while it can be real time, it's really giving you. It's a little more um, meaningful and semantic than that. It learns about you. It learns about what you're interested in. You know, we used to do mobile advertising and talk about you're going to walk by a store and I'm going to ping you with a coupon. Well, that's not really relevant. Um, I could be walking by the store and it could say, hey, next week there's going to be a sale on organic chicken. You might want to come by then. That is not necessarily a real time experience for me buying it then, but 
but it's something that says, okay, this is something I know you're going to want to do next week when you're walking by here around the same time. Uh, I think when, when we look at um, right-time experiences, it's doing some of the thinking for us. You know, one of the things you do in the PC is you basically go into this app, grab a piece of data, you go into that app, grab a piece of data, and then you do some human processing, which gives you an answer. A right-time experience basically says when Maribel launches that app, she's going to get the information she needs to complete this task now. Okay, thank you for that context. I appreciate it. Let's turn to Benjamin Robinson Palador. Benjamin, little birdie told me, namely you, that you are on an experiment for a full year, and let's see what you told me. You said you're currently in the middle of a year-long experiment working solely from your smartphone. Are you kidding me? And nope, not at all. I'm actually uh, six months into it, and it's not only a smartphone. It's, it's the, uh, the, the Galaxy Note, also known as the infamous phablet. Not a phone, not a tablet. It's the phablet. Phablet. Wow. And ha- what's life like working from your mobile device? You know, to be honest, the uh, you know the first uh, probably four weeks were kind of incredibly frustrating uh, in terms mm-hmm. of being able to figure out, you know, how do I, you know, what I used to know how to, you know, done for years on a PC, you know, how do I pull that off and pull it off kind of in, in a fluid manner on um, on a smartphone. But um, you know, kind of after getting over that hurdle, uh, and then also being able to project, you know, I, I plug the phone in, I can, you know, I have it up on full screen monitor, and I have a mouse and a keyboard. Um, I really don't even notice, uh, you know, I'm just as as fluent on the, um, you know, fabulate fluent as I am on the PC. Okay. It's so you're the fetching phablet as well, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen it, Maribel? Have you seen it? Oh, yes. He has a wonderful picture of it in a shiny, <laughs> shiny case. I have to go look for that. I have to see that. And let's turn to Vishy. Vishy Gopalakrishnan from SAP. You're talking about context, which Maribel discussed with us. Location, presence, preferences, buying, browsing history. How much do we really need to know? And what is relevant today, Vishy? Talk to me about your quote. And you can reference Dr. John on your own. Go ahead. Uh, Bonnie, I think, uh, you know, if, you know, we've all used, uh, been using websites and, you know, uh, like Amazon for a while. And, you know, one of the things that Amazon innovated on was uh, personalizing your interaction with the Amazon.com website over a period of time. So the whole recommendations engine, which uses things like collaborative filtering, which is, you know, if you like this piece of merchandise, you know, you should like these other things. That's fundamentally leveraging um, some element of context, which is your personal likes, your buying history, etc. I think what uh, we are at a point where there's a confluence of multiple things. One is because of kind of the relentless march of Moore's law, you know, hardware in the kind of the back end in the data center has become very, very cheap, which means that from a processing power and a storage capacity, the ability of a brand or any organization to actually uh, gather a lot of data about you and store a lot of it, not necessarily offline, but online, then the ability to crunch through all of that to create some meaningful insight, and then combined with the fact that uh, at the end point, the end consumer, the end user, the employee has uh, very powerful devices like Benjamin's phablet, which allows some more local processing and local storage, etc. And those devices also have multiple radios, whether it's in the form of location or Wi-Fi or accelerometers, which give you many more inputs as to what is happening with that user at that particular point in time. And so then you combine what's happening at the endpoints, you combine what's happening in the backends in terms of both hardware and the sophistication of the uh, analytic software. 
you combine those two, and now you're at a point where there's some very interesting, meaningful things you can do to turn around and build some uh, right-time experiences, which become extremely personalized and sometimes, you know, also personalized to the point of being creepy. So, you know, some of these capabilities have been around for a while, but now we're at a point where, like I said, you know, the back-end infrastructure in terms of the databases and the processing power becomes much more affordable. The uh, devices in the hands of consumers and employees are much more powerful. And then the ability to turn those around and then provide what consumers need in terms of services, that has been much easier to do uh, than any time in the past. Vishy, I have a question for you. You said sometimes it gets creepy. That makes for very controversial live talk radio, I hope you realize. So I I can't let it go before we go to break. Give me an example, please. Uh, you know, it's the it's like the Maribel said. Uh, you know, uh, the whole pushing out of promotions or offers to you. Uh, you know, you imagine if it's uh, 10 p.m. You're about to fall asleep, and all of a sudden you get a coupon for Cheerios. Uh, you know, that's <laughs> first of all, it's creepy because it's not relevant. The other thing is, you know, it's not something that I'm interested in, and it's even more scary because you seem to know that I like Cheerios. It's the wrong time, so it's kind of uh, it's annoying. But it's creepy because now you know so much more about me. But I think we are at a point where, again, this is not a blanket statement, but I think people have shown increasingly that while on the one hand they have concerns about privacy, people don't seem to be afraid. Uh, you know, evidence is exhi- uh, uh, exhibit A is Facebook uh, in terms of sharing some of the most intimate details of their personal lives to literally, you know, millions, if not hundreds of millions of people. And so it's a very interesting dichotomy you see in terms of what people are willing to share versus what they're willing to receive in terms of targeted, uh, you know, offers and promotions and marketing, et cetera. Very interesting. Thank you so much for that. I think it's time for us to go to our break. We're talking today to Mike Brinker from Deloitte, Maribel Lopez from Lopez Consulting, Paladon, who's on a fast. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Social media is growing at an astounding rate. In just virtually five short years, we have seen YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter take the world by storm. How do you effectively make social media work for you? 
Tune in to The Social Universe with host Kurt Wilhelm. We'll show you how to market your business or yourself to get ahead, especially in unstable economic times. We'll also discuss practices that you can apply to increase visibility and revenue as you unlock the mysteries of the social universe. The Social Universe is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And you know what's coming up next. It's time for Coffee Break. I'm going to ask my esteemed guests what they're drinking today. Fact or fiction, fa- fi- fiction, fantasy, myth, reality. I'm not sure what we're going to get, but let's ask Mike Brinker from Deloitte. What's in your cup today, Mike Brinker? Wow, Bonnie, how appropriate since I'm sitting here in <laughs> sunny Seattle, which is the epicenter of coffee. So uh, how bet. very appropriate that we're, we're uh, on a coffee break and talking about coffee. So, so, so what are you drinking? Seattle, Mm-hmm. Here in Seattle, the uh, the, the big chains um, have really been referred to as the fast food of coffee. Those have been shunned for all, all of the uh, little boutique independents. So today in my cup, um, I, I've got uh, independent, responsibly sourced, organic French pressed coffee, which is uh, pretty pretty par for for what goes on here in Seattle. And and for the record, I've also got a Red Bull chaser on the side. Wow. Red Bull Chaser, talk to me. I'm not familiar with that. So you're drinking coffee, you've got Red Bull on the side. Is there a flavor to this Red Bull or a color or what is it like? Red Bull. Red, Red Bull, I, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, the flavor is somewhere between motor oil and uh, really old coffee. <laughs> you made my day, sweetheart. Thank you. Maribel, what drinkest thou today on this beautiful, not-so-beautiful New York Wednesday morning? What's in your cup? Wow, I feel entirely pedestrian. I'm drinking a Starbucks uh, tall blonde. Normally I drink my blue bottle, but uh, here in Palo Alto they didn't have that. So uh, I went to the uh, fast food chain, as Mike puts it, and got myself a, uh, a tall blonde. Uh, you, now listen, I've never heard that. We've done over 65 shows on SAP Radio. What is a Starbucks tall blonde? Please, Maribel, educate me. Uh, since I'm a brunette, I, I take great uh, pleasure in saying I'd, I'd like tall blonde, please. It cracks me up every time I say it. It's actually their um, smoother coffee, so it's a little lighter, more mellow, uh, just your regular old drip coffee here at uh, Palo Alto. I love it. We're always learning something here. Talk about a right-time experience. Okay, Benjamin Robbins, Palador, the man with the fabulous fablet. What are you drinking? 
Well, since I, I actually hail from the, the land of, of coffee, as Mike calls it, I'm uh, normally a, a, a Starbucks guy, but I also like, um, hey, Mike, if you're around, uh, do go to uh, Top Pot, the donuts there. It's, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, da- it's slightly dangerous. That's right around the corner from our office. Fifth Avenue, yep. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Um, but I'm actually, I'm not a coffee in the morning kind of guy. I'd be bouncing off the walls. I'm a coffee at 3 p.m. in the afternoon kind of guy and always a short, which... Um, Shorts uh, aren't necessarily on the menu, but you can go into Starbucks, any, in any Seattle Starbucks and order a short. Yeah. But the really interesting thing about shorts is you go around the country and you start asking for shorts. You can tell how cultured a city is by whether they can give you a short or not, and I'll let you guess which cities you can get shorts in and which one you can't. Um, but, you know, sometimes <laughs> I have to say, well, you know, if I'm just going to get a shot, what, what size cup would you put it in? They'll show me the, the, you know, the, the smaller cup, and I'm like, great, charge me for a tall and just put it in that thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, definitely a, a short coffee drinker. We are really fulfilling our name today of Coffee Break with Game Changers. Vishy Gopalakrishnan, welcome back. I know you left us for a moment. You're at a very quiet place now. Appreciate it very much. What are you drinking today, Vishy? Uh, just for this call, I'm drinking water, but I've already had two cups of coffee. So I'm a big coffee drinker. Starbucks preferably, but I'm drinking water so I can keep myself hydrated as we talk. Oh, I'm glad. Got to got to keep the brain flowing there. We have a, a tweet from Malcolm, our co-producer here. He said he's got his Equator coffees in hand. Wouldn't be listening to SAP Radio without it. Thank you, Malcolm, and thanks for that shout out to Equator. Malcolm, you can tweet exactly the flavor, and we'll read it later. So let's get back to our conversation about right time experiences. I'm going to ask Mike Brinker to jump in here. Uh, is customer preference exactly what's driving the whole thing, Mike? Is this revolution in mobility is somebody sitting there with a, a headset on listening to all these consumers around the world saying, well, they want this, they want that, what should we give them? How does that blend or jibe with what the corporate or the enterprise strategy should be? Or is it the same thing today? Can you help me with that? Yeah, so I, I think it's uh, customer and consumer, more specifically consumer preference, that has really been the tip of the spear. And we refer to it as the Amazon effect. Uh, so rewinding back to the 90s again, um, we, you know, we, we all uh, were introduced to the web through one, one or many websites, and predominantly people used Amazon to purchase um, when they weren't at work. But then they'd come into work, they'd come into the enterprise, and they'd say, why don't my enterprise applications work just as well on the web as, as my Amazon experience, right? When I do procurement, when I do customer service, whatever I do, I want it to work just the same. And we're seeing the same phenomenon with with mobile, right? So with mobile, it was Apple that originally set the standard around the user experience, how the device uh, should feel, how it should look, what, what the, the immersive experience should be. And as more and more people use tablets and smartphones outside of the enterprise, as they go into the enterprise, they realize the hundreds, the thousands of opportunities to increase productivity, to improve the way they work, uh, to do their job better with the same tools that, that they're using outside of work as a consumer. And, and that's, that's really the, if you will, the way consumer, the way a lot of innovation gets adopted. It gets adopted first at a consumer level, but then it rapidly starts to take over the enterprise. 
Okay, and I want to talk to Maribel for a moment here about the difference between normal business intelligence, which we know in the trenches is BI, and mobile apps. You say that they're adaptable, semantic, and predictive. Let's talk about the predictive aspect, and Vichy introduced a little bit of that in his comments before the break. What's your point of view on the role of predictive in this kind of mobile BI? Maribel? Yeah, so one of the things that's really interesting about um, where BI was is it used to be two things. It used to be backwards looking and it used to be largely driven by what IT thought the end customer wanted. Um, what we have the opportunity to do now with big data tools and new analytics tools is we have the opportunity to do um, near real time and real time analysis on large volumes of data, which allows us to pull out things that we couldn't pull out before. Uh, and that actually gets us to a point where um, we, we can do better analysis, faster analysis, start delivering different things, and we can also start to collect a lot of data from people and quickly analyze their past behaviors and take that context from the current time, match past and current together, and start to do some predictions of what would happen next. And all this didn't exist before because we didn't have the right tools to uh, store, analyze, and process that. So I, I think the change that we're going to have now is we can actually move to predictive because we can do more processing in near real-time or real-time, and we can do it on larger volumes of data so we can look at current and past and marry them to do really amazing things. Really amazing things is what we're talking about today with real-time experiences. Benjamin Robbins, I want to talk to you about how data is stored so we can fulfill what Maribel is talking about, the predictive aspects, the having the data at your fingertips, literally knowing what to do with it. So how is it stored different from how it needs to be consumed? Is there a great divide or are they, are they talking the same language? Well, some of it depends on you know, on the system. You know, some systems function better with uh, more structured data, and some you know some systems have uh, unstructured data, which is a little bit more yeah, human readable. But a lot of data that exists that's currently out there is uh, you know uh, the structured data that the way that it's stored isn't necessarily human readable, right? You wouldn't just like open up a table in a database and be able to say, "Yep, I know exactly what that is," because <clears throat> you know you really kind of well, you normalize the data and everything's split out. So what you really want to do in order to be able to take advantage of, you know, kind of what Maribel's talking about is you need, you do need some um, prep work ahead of time. You need to be able to identify this is the data that we want to expose. You need to, to put it back in a business context so that your average, you know, so basically take the salesperson, right? You want to, you know, take them as kind of like the target user if, you know, you're looking at sales data and say, you know, is this in a way that, that they understand? Is this how they think about a sale? Is this how they think about a customer? Is this how they think about... Um, um, yeah, you know, a quarter, and and be able to make that data available in the format that that they're used to, rather than the way that it's stored. So it's not that it's a giant hurdle. I think that a lot of times, mm-hmm. though, it's just kind of uh, assume that well, we'll just open up the data, and then people will start being able to, uh, you know, pull and get you know, glean all this awesome insight. But you know, they've had tools, you know, tools have existed that have kind of started to get at that for a while, and um, you know, you can't forget that that prep work that has to happen uh, before you can uh, start being able to do that. Good points. Thank you. And I want to ask Vishy, who is our, our author today, you wrote Work Goes Mobile. You co-wrote it way back in 2006. That's six, maybe more years ago. Was that predictive, just saying Work Goes Mobile? Or how mobile really were we in 2006? And I know writing a book doesn't happen in 10 minutes, Vishy. So presumably you were thinking about the book for a year or two before. Tell us a little bit about what, what you've seen from 2006 to 2012. 
Yeah, I think, Bonnie, uh, when we wrote the book, uh, what was interesting was, you know, one of the decisions we took was we decided not to focus on the technology aspects of mobile because, uh, you know, at that time I was working at Nokia and we saw very clearly, you know, the rate at which technology changes by the time a book goes to print. And at that time we didn't have the Kindle or e-books. By the time a book went to print, you know, the technology would be obsolete. So we focused more on what were some of the things that were driving mobile. So in that sense, what hasn't changed, and I'll get to what changed, what hasn't changed is I think still the, you know, the the, the rate at which uh, mobility is kind of uh, percolating across organizations, right? Uh, the the I mean, more and more organizations are virtual today. They are more globalized. Uh, more and more, especially as millennials enter the workforce, their desire to able to work and not necessarily a nine to five, come to the office every day, mm-hmm. but have the freedom uh, to work when they want, where they want, how they want. So in that sense, the kind of the desire to be mobile has grown. Uh, and as I touched upon earlier, the, you know, the, the choices in terms of devices, form factors, the ease of use of some of these devices, the applications that allow you to do this kind of collaboration even when you're remote has gone up dramatically. But I think the one thing, a couple of things that have changed, I think one is, uh, it, you know, it, you, mobile used to be something that was extremely pricey. Um, so you, yeah, the, it was typically something that only corporations could invest in. And even then, it had to be a corporation which had a pressing need uh, where mobile could solve a problem. So, you know, the classic example I go back to is, you know, if you were a transportation or a logistics company, like a DHL or a FedEx or a UPS, you know, you were, quote, unquote, in the mobility business because mm-hmm. what were you doing? You were moving things. You were moving assets That's on right. behalf of your customers. So the more you could do to get visibility into what was happening with the package when it was picked up at Bonnie Graham's doorstep to the time it showed up at its destination, the better value, and that was the competitive edge. So you invest in it because it was your business. But what's happened now is that, you know, we've seen a huge wave of what I call, you know, democratization. You know, the devices have become cheaper. The tools to develop the applications have become much easier to use. So you really don't need to be a rocket scientist to develop these applications. You could be a high school student and you could start learning to program and develop and actually there is a clear path to potentially even monetizing what you do. So what's what that's done is I think there's been an explosion in terms of innovation around mobile apps and as an end consumer I get to use a lot of these tools on my mobile device. And as Michael pointed out earlier, just like the Amazon effect, you could you have a similar effect in mobile as well, whether it's through Yelp or Shazam or pick your favorite consumer mobile app, mobile banking, etc. you know, there is that kind of dynamic which says, you know, if I have all these apps that give me the right time experiences on my mobile device, the big change now is end consumers who are also employees at organizations and brands have an expectation that the applications that I use, whether it's the time entry app or the Salesforce application or the workflow approval application, I expect that to be as easy to use. So that's been the kind of the biggest kind of change that I've seen, uh, the kind of the uh, expectation that people have that I will have these applications in my work as I have in my personal life and be don't expect me to read a manual to use these applications uh, because I, you know, when I get the Yelp app on my iPhone, I just use it. I don't need a, to go to a training session. I don't need a user manual. So the bar has been set in terms of what the user experience needs to be, even for internal facing applications. 
Thank yeah, you, I Vichy. actually want to pick up on, on Vichy's comment. Maribel, here. I'm going to have you wait, and you're going to open us up after the break. We're right at okay. the edge. Maribel Lopez is going to open us in the break. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And a quick shout-out to Peg Cates, who is drinking grapefruit juice today. She's on a health kick. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back in about two minutes. You can count them out, and we'll be back with Mike and Maribel and Benjamin and Vichy. Don't even think of touching that app. Wow. Brad, out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, we're back, and I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, and we're going to kick off this segment with Maribel Lopez from Lopez Research. Maribel, what do you want to say before we went to break, please? Yeah, I just wanted to pick up on a couple things that Vichy said. So um, one thing I want to say is that I think the term mobile goes away over time. Uh, right now, I think people are making a real big mistake thinking of mobile as something separate they do as opposed to thinking of mobile as the business, right? The business will be mobile, and it's not just tablets and smartphones, You and, and PCs aren't necessarily going to be dead soon. So what you really have to think of is uh, your 
data is, your data and applications are adaptable across a wide range of devices, and they're also adaptable and portable across locations. So you'll be able to take your data to the hotel room, uh, to your home, to your work, and it will know you and move with you and automatically adapt. So I think that's one of the things that's going to be really different. Um, analytics doesn't just have to be predictive. Uh, one of our friends, Brian's tweeting about that, um, and I, I agree with that. I think one of the things that's important about it is just that you can analyze things that you had and didn't analyze before because you didn't have the tools to do it. So even just getting a better handle on your existing data before you do anything else is, is going to be really meaningful. So those were the, a couple of the things that I wanted to leave the audience with. And I want to okay, actually uh, pick up yeah. what Maribel was saying about uh, take your data with yeah. you. I think uh, mm-hmm. Maribel's uh, uh, 100% on that, um, you know, mobile's going to go away. shouldn't be a separate thing. should just fold into, you know, just kind of your whole um, application approach. But... Um, uh, the whole, the kind of the, the the one challenge right now that we kind of face with uh, mobility is is we don't get we don't yet have 100% um, ubiquitous connectivity. We're close. Um, you know, coming off of uh, just got back from vacation uh, in Maine, um, <laughs> there had uh, lots of experiences where I, I did not have connect connectivity. So part of that, you know, part of that, and kind of taking off what Maribel said about you know mobile as being part of a you know a larger context. Um, just making sure that you do have offline contingencies. Um, right. Kind of in the short term, uh, you know, if your if your data is not accessible, um, you know, how how can you still get done what you need to do? So, are you going to be in a position where you know some airplanes, you know, if you're on a flight for across country, right? So, some airplanes have internet, some don't. So, are you dead in the water if you don't have connectivity? Uh, you know, are you, are you traveling where you're going through an area where they don't have good connectivity? So, making sure that you. Um, planning for offline um, uh, outages. Uh, this is Vishy. I mean, I just uh, have a slightly different perspective on this. I mean, I agree that, you know, the mobile experience will probably become much more seamless. Uh, so you won't, ha- you won't think uh, about, you know, the mobile experience on my iPad is very different uh, from a brand perspective, right? So I will try to give consistent experience in terms of what my brand values are. But I think from a, if, if you're somebody who's designing that experience from a technical perspective, I think you still have to pay attention to, you know, how is this experience being consumed? You know, is it being consumed by somebody who's at home on their couch on an iPad? Is it mm-hmm. or is the same experience, uh, you know, if you're an airline and you're providing some kind of application on an iPad, um, you know, you have to know, okay, it's, it's being used, you know, what is the persona, what is their kind of state of, you know, what is a person uh, doing right now uh, at home looking at fares versus the same app uh, when somebody uses it at an airport, having the intelligence to figure out, you know, this is uh, Vishy and, you know, he's United, you know, premier executive. He's at the airport and he has a flight in the next two hours. So when he opens up his app, he's probably most likely looking at something relevant, you know, about his current flight. Um, So how do I tailor the experience around that? So I think... Uh, you know, it goes away in one sense, but it still has to be front and center in terms of designing the experience. Because the same experience when you go to a check-in kiosk, very different, but it's still leveraging the same data about you, your uh, reservations, uh, you know, your loyalty status, et cetera, et cetera. But right. the kind of this uh, layer of mediation, which kind of figures out, you know, where are you coming in from? And what is the most appropriate way to package up the experience that are optimized for that particular endpoint? 
That's I right. absolutely now, I wa- agree with that, Vishy. Sorry, sorry, Bonnie. And the, the thing that I think is interesting about that is we really have to think that as we move into the mobile era, we're actually reinventing the software landscape. Uh, agreed. Yeah, and the agreed. software landscape, I'm sorry, this is Mike, the software landscape is going to evolve where, as we put it, we, we just say that you know, mobile is going to become the new normal, mm-hmm. um, and the new normal will be called something other than mobile, right, where, um, and again, I use the analogy of, you know, in the early, uh, in, in 2002 or 2003, Internet Explorer on a PC owned 95% of the web traffic, you know, in an enterprise, and you could reliably build, you know, for that. But you know, now the even web traffic's diversified to lots of different browser types. Now we have all different types of, of mobile devices, form factors. We've got smartphones. We've got three and a half inch, four inch. We got phablets. We got you know mini tablets. We got full size. I want tablets. a phablet. I, w- I want a phablet. I'm going to go look for <laughs> phablet. Yeah. Bonnie, I have. I think. I think you can all hear me. But I have a question. I know where we're going with this, but I have a question. I noticed that we have things called mobile only or mobile first applications in development in the marketplace. Can somebody tell me what would examples be? Do these exist? Is this a good idea? Anybody want to take that? Yeah, this is Mike. I'd love to jump on that. Please. Um, It's a phenomenon we've been tracking for a couple of years that I've been watching very closely. Um, Matter of fact, tweet about it and actually uh, find it a little humorous that um, uh, Benjamin actually tweets mobile first or mobile only, I'm sorry, uh, in a whole new context. So delighted to see that. But mobile first is is really a phenomenon that we started seeing about a year and a half ago where traditionally companies would develop an app. Their first app would be for the web. Then they might do a uh, mobile-optimized web and then a mobile app. Um, But more and more companies are going straight to developing mobile apps only or mobile apps first and and then Mm -hmm. a, a web counterpart. Uh, in, in, if you just go out to the business apps on the iStore today, uh, about half of them um, in the top 100 business apps are mobile only, meaning there isn't a web counterpart. Okay. If you look at some companies like Instagram started as mobile only. Matter of fact, it started as iPhone only um, before it was it was sold off to Facebook. Um, there's lots of examples, and more and more examples every day of companies that are that are. Uh, writing apps that are are truly mobile only and and won't necessarily have uh, an analogy or counterpart on the web. I want to talk about a trend, a trend in computing that's hitting CIOs. Uh, some of you may know the French phrase, plus ça change, plus ça la même chose, one of my favorite. It means what has, what has happened is happening again. Uh, plus ça change, the more things change, the more they come around again. So what is old is new. CIOs have experienced computing paradigm shifts every 10 years, but they still have the same challenges. So how does a CIO or whoever is running the mothership in terms of what an enterprise is doing from a business standpoint, the strategy, the the leveraging of the energy inside the company, their DNA, if you will, their workforce. How do they deal with this every 10 years? This is something that you, you could predict or plot on a graph. Okay, it's been 10 years. It's time to make some major changes. Who wants to take that? I think, um, you know, there, it's a great question. How do you deal with the technology change every 10 years? Um, 
Yeah, one one of the things, and, and there's no real good answer to that. I mean, the fact is, if you're a CIO, you have to constantly be on top of the change and reinventing yourself. It's extremely challenging because 80 to 85 percent of your budget is spent on maintenance. The good thing is that um, technologies like cloud computing have helped uh, businesses save a lot of money, and they can now turn a little more of their insight uh, to those innovative services. They can also start to look for what I would call services that aren't strategic that could be provided in the cloud to uh, free up some of their resources so that they can focus on more innovative projects. But clearly, it's a challenging time, particularly in mobile, because there's so many options around uh, how you develop mobile. And I know that uh, Benjamin has spent a great deal of time on that. Benjamin? Uh, uh, this is Vishy, if I can just kind of add on to Hi, that. Vishy, I sure. think, uh, you know, in in kind of modern kind of design kind of, you know, philosophies, there's the notion of, you know, designing for loss of control anytime you're designing, you know, large systems, which is that, you know, you cannot control everything that goes on in complex systems. And if you look at enterprise IT as one big complex system, and within that, there's probably some kind of fractal nature as well. Within that, you have like lots of other complex systems. I think the only way to deal with this kind of rapid rate of change, and I think it's almost not the rate of change, but the rate at which the rate of change happens also as well, uh, is designing for that loss of control. I think traditional IT has to kind of, first of all, internalize the fact that IT itself used to be a very top-down, in some say, some sense, kind of uh, like a centrally planned economy, where your time horizons, again, like in a centrally planned economy, you had three-year, five-year plans. You know, those days are gone. And it's almost like you can draw an analogy from, you know, in the world today, how many centrally planned economies do you see? Right, not many. Right. So, if you look in most most IT organizations, I think the sooner you recognize, recognize that, internalize that, and provide for processes and architecture frameworks that allow for that kind of churn to happen, the innovation to happen, say the endpoint, for example or don't decouple the experience that you want to provide with a very tight linkage to, say, an on-premise infrastructure. When everything in today's world is pointing towards a cloud or on-demand world, so the more you have some anchoring around some basic design principles or a straw man architecture that has loss of control already built in, I think the better prepared you will be. Uh, and even then, you know, you'll still have to figure, you know, stay on top of it, but I think you'll be better prepared if you design for that going forward already. Thank you. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, kind of take off from that yep. a little bit, um, you know, I think if you have a good um, back end that uh, is is flexible, that allows your, you know, UI, your UIs, uh, you know, your mobile UIs to be dynamic. So kind of where mobility is in its current state, uh, you know, real, really, um, you know, applications or processes that are really data intensive don't necessarily port very well, especially to like the smartphone um, kind of uh, uh, UI, whereas, you know, maybe you could do it on, on a tablet. But, you know, as, as capabilities change, as you can more easily, you know, walk into a conference room or walk into your office and just kind of wirelessly connect to a monitor and have more screen real estate, again, if you have that flexibility in the in the back end, as as Vishy's talking about, that you know those, those UIs can kind of keep up uh, with the with the dynamic changes. Okay, this is Bonnie. We're at the break. I hope you can all hear me. I know we're having some issues on audio today. I want to say it's time for us to take our last break. When we come back, it will be crystal ball time. I will be asking Mike and Maribel, Benjamin and Vishy to look ahead five years into the crystal ball and predict what RTEs will look like in 2017. We'll be right back with more Coffee Break with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie. Out, Brad. 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And it's time for our crystal ball segment. I'm going to start with Mike Brinker from Deloitte. Mike, what do you see coming five years down the road for RTE? Five years down the road for RTE, with in, specifically in and around mobile. Um, I, it, again, mobile is moving so fast, so furious. It's, it's, it would be uh, almost criminal to say where we're going to be in five years. But I think there's a few things that, that do jump out. Right, one is you know, mobile, um, and, and more specifically, kind of the, the um, app infrastructure around mobile will become the new normal. And mobile will be pervasive in everything, and not just in in the devices we carry in our pockets. Pockets uh, and the tablets we carry, but um, you know, apps embedded in cars and TVs, and you know, really expanding mobile to really be the Internet of Things, uh, where mm-hmm. you know, there are whole new interfaces. There's there's uh, augmented reality and glasses and video projection, and you know, the, the the if you will, the current day mobile experience will just continue to evolve and. Uh, you know, that evolution is going to lead to just more of what we have today around business that can be done anytime, anywhere, by anyone, uh, where, where the data, the, uh, the information, the apps come down to the user rather than the user coming up to the apps. Again, Thank very, you, very exciting time. Very exciting time. Maribel Lopez, five years. Can you look that far ahead, Maribel, or you want to change that scope in your crystal ball? Well, let me just give you some uh, some things we can look forward to. How about that? Uh, so the yep. first thing is I think it will be based on contextual identity. So it will know who I am. It will know where I'm at. Uh, and there will arguably be some kind of uh, two-factor authentication that's easy to use. Like uh, Apple recently bought Authentex. So you can imagine things like fingerprint scanners just being part of your iPhone or what have you. Um, it will um, be more seamless in terms of the app. As I, as I mentioned, it will be. Uh, portable. Um, we, we talked about it being um, semantic and predictive. I think that the term um, 
the term mobile starts to recede a little bit and you just start mm-hmm. to think of them as apps. So those are a couple of the characteristics. Oh, the, the other thing I wanted to note is that um, a lot of them will be uh, more composite apps. So it'll be integrating data that uh, from multiple sources within an organization, and it'll also be connecting to uh, web-accessible data. So think of being able to connect to uh, weather, parking sensor data, uh, data.gov information, being able to embed those into your experiences as well. Maribel, are we getting in a danger position where we've got too much big brother for people who really aren't comfortable with that much knowledge about them floating around briefly, if you could just tack that on? I think we are going to have some issues. I mean, we see Facebook do this all the time. They basically fall over their skis and then they dial it back a bit. I think the real mm-hmm. issue is not so much privacy as is relevancy, as Rishi was talking about earlier with this Cheerios example. You know, if that happened to be a um, an, an ad for Ambien because you can't sleep, that might have been more interesting, right? So. <laughs> Very well put, especially if you were using something else. Benjamin Robbins, Palador, what do you see five years? Can Palador look five years out, Benjamin, or what's your time frame? I wouldn't want to take any, uh, you know, broad swats at it, but I'll tell you what I would love. Here's what I would love. I would love if I could walk into any office, any conference room, uh, you know, uh, anywhere kind of uh, around the world and be able just to bump my phone up against a monitor, bump my phone up a peripheral and, and get going and, and be off and running. I mean, the, the screen real estate is one of the biggest challenges that um, I run into from working solely from a mobile device. Um, and I think that from a sharing perspective, uh, I think that the more that you can open up those devices to to better share both the experience visually as well as, you know, data itself. So, you know, kind of take that a little step further, um, you know, make it easier to transfer data from device to device, um, again, with the right security context, of course. But um, uh, uh, that, I think, would um, take us, you know, st- way beyond where we are right now. Thank you. And Vishy Gopala, Christian from SAP. Vishy, I know you've got that crystal ball polished and ready for this segment. So what do you see ahead? I think, uh, you know, anytime you talk about this kind of, you know, looking into the future, I can hearken back to this quote from one of my favorite writers, William Gibson, right? Uh, where in one of his stories, he said, you know, the future is here. It's just unevenly distributed, right? Uh, so if you look mm-hmm. around you, you know, all the things that we've been talking about around combining personal data, mining very rich context about you, um, mining context about you from, you know, not just you, but your social network, their, their preferences, etc. You know, all of those exist in kind of these, you know, piecemeal fashion across our experiences on a day-to-day basis. I think what's going to happen is that that's just going to become the norm. So that's kind of one thing. I think what's happening today is going to, you know, what's going to happen is that more and more of those experiences will come together. And as Maribel mentioned, they'll come together in a seamless manner without you having to say, oh, I'm on the New York Times website. Okay, and there is my identity. And now I go to Amazon. Okay, I have a completely different identity. So there, there will be some movement around trying to figure out how do you manage all of those identities in a federated manner? Mm-hmm. trying to be sensitive to privacy issues. But I think the second piece is, uh, you know, anything, you know, there's another quote as well uh, from Jan Chipchase, who used to be the chief uh, anthropological researcher at Nokia, he's now at Frog Design. You know, he has this quote which says, never assume that something you find utterly creepy today will not be the norm tomorrow. 
Uh, never assume that something you find utterly creepy today will not be the norm tomorrow. So I think along the way, I'm sure we will have a couple of incidents where there will be privacy issues and not just kind of the Facebook falling over themselves, but I think some, you know, uh, unintentional or even kind of malicious kind of, you know, incidents where people will actually, you know, trade more and more in this kind of private information because it's valuable. Uh, I think the third piece is over the next five years, we will see a tremendous amount of activity and innovation around, uh, you know, trying to get to that needle in the haystack, which is big data, right? Uh, there's so much information, uh, but trying to get to meaning and, you know, whether you want to call it wisdom or insight, that is the part that is hard. So and if there are any kind of, you know, kids who are getting into college right now, I think now is a good time to get into whether it's mathematics or any kind of analytical kind of discipline, because I think those are the kinds of things that are needed to take the oceans and oceans of data that are pouring into all kinds of systems and try to make something sensible, uh, something relevant, uh, like Maribel said, you know, the ambient at 10 p.m. versus the Cheerios at 10 p.m. And so that only comes with a very rigorous application of some very core scientific and mathematical principles. Thank you all for your predictions. I have a quick question. We've got two minutes left. I'm going to throw one question out, and whoever jumps in, jumps in. My qu- Can you all hear me okay? Yes. Yes, good. My question is, the DNA of the consumer population who are appreciating and using and taking advantage of all this mobility – has to change because as as time goes on and the older population that is not comfortable or not in endeared to all of this mobile device stuff we've got going on will not be part of that consumer population, sadly. So you will have a much more entrenched, much more dedicated mobile population. Do you see that changing anything going on? In other words, as the younger people get older and the baby boomers fade out, do you see that changing the need for this mobile first, mobile only? And Maribel, you want to just jump in fast on that one? Yeah, so uh, another quote uh, from uh, Frog Design folks. You, you have to think of this as uh, computing lives around you, and I think that's what um, makes this universal. So instead of computing being a destination, computing becoming much more intuitive and just getting baked into Perfect. part of all of your experiences. So that Perfect. is a call-out for the user experience and design people to make that a reality. It's not about mobile. It's about designing a good user experience from the outset. Thank you. And you know what? It's time for Bonnie's predictions. I'm going to predict that tomorrow, September 6th on In the Cloud with Game Changers, we're going to be talking about, well, surprise, surprise, mobile moments, more of the same. And next week, September 13th, Thursday on In the Cloud, we'll be talking about cool BI, emerging trends in the cloud. Next week here on Coffee Break with Game Changers, September 12th, part two of Manufacturing Factory of the Future, Ready, Set, Now. And on September 19th, look forward to building a social community and social leadership leadership strategy. Special shout out to Patricia Harris, Malcolm Kimberlin, Baggy, thank you so much, and the Business Channel team. Thank you, Mike Brinker. Thank you, Maribel Lopez. Thank you, Benjamin Robbins. Thank you, Vishy Gopala Krishnan. A pleasure to have you all on the show today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and remember, what are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. We'll talk to you tomorrow on In the Cloud here on the Business Channel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.